Welcome to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast presented by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn Podcast. I'm one of your hosts, April Stearns. Each week for the next year, you'll hear an essay from our book read by the author. Igniting the Fire Within is a collection of stories of healing, hope, and humor, offering an insider's view into today's young breast cancer community. We compiled 50 essays for people diagnosed in their 20s, 30s, and 40s. There is medicine for each of us in these stories, whether you've been personally diagnosed with cancer or not. Wildfire stories in general, but especially the ones you'll hear from Igniting the Fire Within, are stories of transformation. Our storytellers experienced a shift in perspective as a result of something that happened to them. And the cancer diagnosis was not the thing that happened, or it wasn't the only thing. The cancer diagnosis was merely the catalyst for later changes that led our writers to understand deep truths about the world. Each one of them learned lessons that showed them what it is to live, not just survive, in the glare of cancer. We believe deeply that the stories that change us aren't so much about what happened as they are about what came next. And hearing those stories, true stories of transformation, that's what ignites the fire within each of us. A listener note before we dive in, cancer is a salty business and sometimes talking about it and the aftermath requires salty language. Listener discretion is advised. Today's storyteller is Stephanie Kinkle. Stephanie is a dean at a middle school. She was diagnosed at the age of 39 with stage one triple positive breast cancer. She also carries the ATM genetic mutation. Her essay is called Permanent. A child of the 80s, I desperately wanted curly hair, band bangs, Crimped blonde locks, neon spandex adorned the heads and bodies of the coolest girls I knew. And let's be honest, the MTV celebrities I'd never know. I begged my parents to let me perm my hair. At the dance studio, I'd eye others enviously, watching green-eyed as they jazz-locked past, leaving an aroma of hairspray in their bouncy wakes. My mother, always on the offense, refused. Our pattern was a repetitive one. Deep desire, earnest request, denial, reactivity, and resentment. My father was no longer there to mediate, and by mediate I really mean cave in to my whims after a standoff. So we settled into a mother-daughter cold war. For dance competition, she'd help me though, set my hair in curlers overnight to prepare for the matching outfits required of synchronized performances. Red lipstick, pink blush, black mascara, and curly ringlets were the prize I'd received before the prizes and places were ever announced. At some point, the topic lost its tenacity. A second round of illness in my second parent, and I had too many other real things to feel angry about. Resistance toward. Unconvinced that my behavior and emotion stemmed from something deeper, my poor mother finally made her concession. I was 14. Fine, she said softly, 
What? I asked, bewildered. I've thought about it. You can get the perm. I'll take you. I see now that she was asking for a new shape for us, not for my hair. I don't want it, I said. I was 14. Who can understand the nuance of bids for affection in high school? She insisted. You're getting this perm whether you like it or not. After all this time, you've asked me so many times. Her voice was raised. I'm taking you to Kathy tomorrow. That's all there is to it. This is the typical ping pong we played, longing to hit the serve coming across the table, but throwing our paddles at one another instead. As I sat in the supercuts, curlers in, acid fixative burning my scalp, I could smell the permanent solution and the cigarette smoke wafting in from outside. Kathy had said she'd be right in to check on me. She and my mom laughed and smoked, and I silently waited. At the base of my scalp, I felt the heat of change taking shape. How much should this hurt, I wondered. An hour later, curlers out, my hair fell in tight ringlets to midway down my back. It was exactly what I had hoped it would look like, at least five years ago when it was cool. Now I didn't know what I wanted. After my mom died, my curls, starting at the base of my head, fell out in clumps in the shower. Handfuls of dark hair clogging the drain and wrapping themselves around my fingers as I bathed. For the first time, no one was there, though, to tell me what I could or could not do. So I cut it all off. The stylist held the ponytail up and hot tears welled up as he snipped it off in one clean stroke. With clippers, he shaved the back of my head, and I went to school the next day with a hairstyle that no one else had. After months of baldness for my own rounds of chemotherapy, my hair is growing back in. It's curly, naturally, and I keep almost saying it looks like Orphan Annie, but I censor myself, knowing it's unfair to crack a joke that only I can make. It's more like Shirley Temple, maybe. I smile when I see the soft, totally unmanageable ringlets emerging from my scalp. It's as if I am a different person after cancer. It's as if my mother and I are finally in agreement about what hairstyle suits me best. I'm April Stearns, and you've been listening to Igniting the Fire Within, a limited series podcast by Wildfire Magazine and The Burn. Check us out at wildfirecommunity.org to order your copy of the book so you can read along each week. You'll also find our magazine and storytelling workshops there. Big thanks to our producer, Bill Smith of Shoe Production, and our production assistant, Monica Haro. Make sure you're subscribed to this podcast. If you like what you hear, tell your best friend, tell your mom, tell your oncologist. I mean, really, tell everyone you know. Or head into your podcast app and leave us a starred review to help others find their way to igniting their own fire within. Fire within.